0: Amen. God bless you this morning. While you remain standing, we want to bring our evangelists this week to this podium. We are so happy to have uh, Brother and Sister Green, Amen, from Austin, Texas, to be with us this week. And uh, we are so excited. They have a newborn baby boy since they were here last, little Levi. Amen. And last night he tumbled off the bed. That was their first time to have their baby tumble off a bed and I said the first time it happens it will scare you to death I think all three of mine rolled off the bed at some point in in their infancy and uh, he's okay but we we know that that can be scary for the child and even more scary for the parents but uh, we are delighted that they are with us and uh, we are so looking forward to this week and uh, this is a great uh, young man who has dedicated his life to the Lord and God is using him greatly, uh, not just in America, but in uh, countries around the world, recently coming back from Singapore, and uh, we are delighted to have this great man of faith with us here today. We want him to come and to take his liberty. Would you make uh, our evangelists feel welcome today? God bless you, Brother Chris Green.
1: Somebody praise the, praise the Lord. Amen. So good to be in church this morning. Always good to be in the house of the Lord. Great to be back in Florida. Walked out of the room, I said, man, it's muggy out here. <laughs> I said, it feels like Houston. One of the guys said, no, Houston, that's smog in Houston. This is, this is humidity, but it's always good to be in the presence of the Lord and, and uh, In the same way you feel something when you walk into the humidity, you should feel something. When you walk into church, you should feel the presence of God. And there's nothing like walking into this church feeling the presence of the Almighty God. If we're having church without His presence, we're not having church. Amen? And guess what? He don't have to knock on the door to come into this church because this is His church. This is His house. He don't have to ask to come in. He's welcome anytime He wants to come in. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I just have a scripture on my heart this morning. It's in Matthew chapter 24. Amen. So thankful to be back. I was telling my wife, I said, I've only been here one time. But at the same time, I feel so close to your pastor and his family. I feel very closely connected to the Myers and and uh, I think that's because we've been in Malawi together and, and there's something just about being in Africa or being in a third world country, being on the missions field that that brings people together and uh, my friends Lucas and Gregory and Sophia, I feel like those are my brothers and sisters and uh, I just love them to death and, and I will say about them that I was so impressed because we got to hang out, got to hang out with them a few weeks ago there in a the long way and I'm sure Pastor talked about it because he's a proud father, but they got to preach. And I remember I got to testify when I was 16, and they're what, 12 or 13? Is it 13 now? I was 16, and man, they went up there at 13 years old, and they didn't just testify. They got up there and started quoting Scripture. You know they can quote Scripture. They got up there quoting Scripture. They started speaking the word of faith. They started saying stuff like, You're, You will be healed in the name of Jesus. You, Blinded eyes will open in the name of Jesus. Deaf ears will open in the name of Jesus. And I thought, my God, I I wish I had what they have right now. I wish I had that when I was 16 years old. Amen. And then you might have seen the pictures. I don't know what pastor shared. If he shared, I'm just just repeating it. But we were in the children's crusade and... and, uh, I was over at the main crusade, and we, we finished before the children's crusade did, and we ran over there and, and got to be a part of just the altar call. And their platform was about this high right here. And I'll never forget, I've got a picture of it, and I think they do too, of Sophia on her knees praying girls through to the gift of the Holy Ghost. I thought, my God. So I'm praying that, that by the end of this service that my little five-month-old is praying somebody through to the Holy Ghost. and That's my prayer. He, actually, he needs to receive the Holy Ghost first. But uh, amen, amen, amen. Matthew chapter 24. Thank you, Pastor, for having me. It's an honor to be here in Jesus' name. How many of you are excited to be in church? Amen. I just have this scripture kind of as a heavy burden on my heart today. and It starts in verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. Everybody say deceive. Deceive. Said, Don't let anybody deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Verse six, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. Everybody say, not troubled. troubled. He says, don't be deceived and don't be afraid. For all these things must come to pass. Here it is. But the end is not yet. I've got two titles, but one sermon. I usually have one title and about three or four sermons. But today i got two titles and one sermon. And my first title is this is not the end i'll give you the second title later but my first title is this is not the end somebody say this is, not the end. this is not the end would you just help me pray very quickly lord we love you and we thank you for allowing us to come into your presence we thank you for the opportunity and privilege to experience your grace your mercy your love and your power demonstrated here in this service today I thank you in advance for the people that will be healed in Jesus' name. I thank you in advance for those that will be filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I thank you for in advance for everyone that is baptized in Jesus' name, delivered and set free. That before we leave, we shall all be changed, set free and transformed by the powerful name of Jesus. Christ would somebody just clap your hands and shout the name of Jesus come on shout the name of Jesus like you know what it means there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved hallelujah amen if you'll preach with me you may be seated for just a bit In Jesus' name. Amen. Getting my stopwatch ready. He said I had an hour and a half. No, he didn't lie. I said that. This is not the end. Jesus was asked on several different occasions. He was asked by several different people. He was once asked by the religious Pharisees to show them a sign. He was asked by his disciples on a couple of occasions regarding the time. In fact, in the famous book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, before Jesus says you shall receive power, he was confronted with another question regarding the time. The disciples were asking when? Is all this going to happen? We are so controlled by time. We're confined by time. We're measured by time. Time is the thing that we cannot hold. We cannot mean manipulate. We, uh, we, we, we cannot uh, in any way deceive or manipulate or persuade time to do what we want it to do. And Jesus was continually confronted with the question of time. When are you going to restore the kingdom? When are you going to overthrow the Roman Empire? When is all of this going to happen? And Jesus would tell them, it's not your job to know the time or to know the seasons. He once told them that don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough trouble for itself. Worry about today. That's why Joshua in his infinite wisdom and courage on his deathbed, you find that Joshua didn't speak of the past. He didn't speak of the future because a man in his last breath knows the value of time. Joshua lifted up his head on his deathbed and said, Choose you this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will Serve the Lord. Jesus is confronted with this question about time. Finally, he kind of gives in and gives them a little insight of what we call eschatology, the study of end times or end things. And he begins to tell them about the bad news. Somebody say bad news. I didn't say fake news. I said bad news. There is a difference. He told them that these things will take place. Notice, he tells them. He says you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. He said, but first of all, let nobody deceive you. Why did he say that? Now just let me unfold this for a few moments. I'll scream here in a moment. But let me just unfold this for a second. The first thing he said before he taught his church about the coming of the Lord and the end times. He said, do not let anyone, anything, any circumstance deceive you. Why did he say that? Because all it takes is five seconds Don't do it now But for everyone in here to get on your phone Click on social media Facebook, Instagram, Twitter Get on Fox News, CNN Or any kind of newsstand, And you will see within five minutes The bad news that is going on around us And somewhere somebody is saying This must be the end Church people say at every service and they try to scare people into the altars by saying, Do you see what's happening? There's bad news all around us. There's murder. There's rape. There's addiction. There's alcoholism. There's all these problems going on. Get in the altar because this is the end. But that's not how Jesus preached. He said when you look at the bad news... Do not be deceived. This is not the end. Even the non-spiritual people, the atheists and even agnostics, they have some form of belief and concept of time. You will even find those who don't believe in God pointing to the bad news as the definition that we are in the last days of this life. Some people can point to the bad news and say, this must be the coming of the end. But I don't know about you. I don't believe that my God, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the author and the finisher of our faith, I do not believe that He would parade His coming with bad news. I do not believe that just before the trumpet's going to sound and the church is going to rise to meet him in the air, I do not believe that just before Jesus comes back to take his church to the streets of gold and gates of pearl and walls of jasper that he's going to lay a foundation of bad news. That's why just before Jesus came the first time uh, he sent forth uh, the man crying in the wilderness called John the Baptist uh, who came preparing the way uh, for the coming of the Messiah and he did not come with bad news. No, he came with baptism uh, of uh, repentance. Are you with me? Now we can look at all of the devastation around us. Even in the relevant times, we had Hurricane Harvey that was a Category 4 hurricane that that absolutely devastated the coast of Texas and had Hurricane Irma that swept through all of Florida. One of my revivals was canceled because of Hurricane Irma. and I told Pastor I walked into the gym last night and I said either this is supplies for hurricane relief or this is the biggest gift basket I've ever received. I told one of the ministers, I said, don't be surprised if some of these diapers walk out of here when we leave. (laughs) You can't have enough diapers when you got a baby. Somebody say amen. Amen. No, I'm playing. (laughs) Hurricane Irma, which was a category five. I was just in Oregon about a month ago and there were the wildfires that were ravaging through the forest of Oregon. We've had terrorist attacks all over our world. Just had the devastation in Las Vegas with 59 people murdered, hundreds of people injured. God help us. But what the devil would like nothing more to do in your faith is try to say, look at all this that I'm doing. This is the end for you. You think you're going to have revival when I'm doing all of this? Look at what I'm doing across the globe. Look at what I'm doing with terrorist attacks and bombings and murders and homicides. And Look at what I'm doing across the world. This is the end for you. This is the end of your revival. This is the end. You'll never have a bigger building. You'll never have a bigger sanctuary. You're not going to have the the greatest revival. The greatest revival is over for you. But Jesus said two things before he taught about the end times. He said, do not be deceived. Don't let anybody try to tell you that this is the end. Number two, he said, Do not be afraid. Because I did not give you the spirit of fear, but I gave you the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I gave you peace on troubled waters. I gave you power in the midst of persecution. I gave you love in the midst of hate. I did not give you fear. Do not look down with pity and shame and believe that this is the end. This is not the end. Well, I know this might not be the sermon you were ready for, but I wish you'd just shout it with me. This is not the end. Pastor, I don't know about you, but we're just getting warmed up. We talked about that song last night. I'm just warming up we've only scratched the surface of the end time harvest we've only scratched the surface the surface of all the miracles signs and wonders that god is going to do this is not god i just feel like i'm looking at the devil Face to face telling him, you know what? This is not the end. Some of you are facing financial setbacks. You're facing division in your home. You're facing divorce in your marriage. You're facing addiction in your children. What you need to do today is stand toe to toe with the spirit of the devil and say, I've got news for you. This is is not the end Well we got about 10 people here today that feel like giving the devil a black eye. I wish we had a whole church full of people that had a made of mind that this is not. I don't know about you but I've read the back of my book uh, and I find that God has the last word he is the beginning he is the ending he is the author he is the finisher my God's got the last word my God's got the last word my God's got the last word I'll sit down just a second. I didn't finish my bad news sermon. He goes on and he says, Do not be deceived. Do not be troubled. Verse 6. This is not the end. And then he tells them what's not the end. You ready? Buckle your seatbelts. Don't backslide yet. Because many times we give the devil credit for what Jesus prophesied would happen. I didn't hear that. I said it in Japanese. English this time. I'm sorry. We give the devil credit for what God prophesied would happen. God says, hey, just want to let you know that next week I'm going to reign I'm going to bring a storm in your house. And the rain starts pouring. And we say, devil, get out of here. And God's sitting there shaking his head saying, you think the devil creates the rain? My Bible tells me of a story that Jesus fed the multitudes of thousands. He sent them home and sent the church of 12 into the storm. And the next thing I see is that they started complaining and saying, My God, we're going to die. God sent you into the storm. If you die, it was his will for you to die. And they said, man, our biggest problem is this storm that Jesus sent us into. And Jesus came walking out of the mountain of prayer. And he says, oh, the storm is your biggest problem? I'll just put your biggest problem under my feet. And he came walking on the water and said, be not afraid. Be of good cheer. You're not hearing me. All right. I'm going to preach better now. Verse 7, your, your, your seatbelts are buckled, right? He says, for nation shall rise against nation. Somebody just nod your head. Yeah, that's happening. Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilences, which are like diseases and viruses. He says, there will be earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Watch, he goes on. He says, then. oh, Somebody say, then. Then. You ain't ready for then. He says, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. And shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations. For my name's sake and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, same shall be saved. Now, don't put the next verse up yet, because that's, that, that's my punchline. That's my Sunday morning punchline. He has been teaching a lesson about what is not the end. He says, do not be deceived when news media and social media and critics and the devil and even church people themselves point to the bad news and say, God must be coming back because of the bad news, because of the things that are going on around us, because of the persecution, the crucifixion, because of the terrorism, because of the bombings, because of the murders, because of all these things, this must be alluding to God's entrance Jesus says this is not the end somebody say this is not the end but he goes on to the next verse and he says and the gospel somebody say the word of God he says and the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Here's my second title. This is the end. Man, back down to 50%. I'm kind of up and down with my sermon today. Wow. He said this. No, no, no. Y'all ain't hear me. He said you look at the bad news and when the devil comes in like a flood you just put your foot down and say nanny nanny boo boo this is not the end I don't care if you persecute me you spit in my face you afflict me you try to divide my family I do not care what you bring against me I know better that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper to prosper He said, This is not the end. But, devil, you want to know what is the end? When every nation, in every tribe, in every color, in every culture has heard the word
2: of God.
1: I got about five more minutes. We're just warming up in here today. We're about to have a Holy Ghost shout down in this place because this revelation I can feel is about to sink in to someone's heart and someone's soul and someone's identity. I feel like God has sent me to help somebody that the trouble and the persecution that you are facing while it may look like it is your demise. Rejoice not against me. Oh, my enemy, for when I fall, I shall. The thing that I loved about King David is that even when he fell, even when he was a murderer, even when he was an adulterer, even when he was a backslidden heathen, when it came against him, he knew this is not the end. He wrote a song that said, I was born in sin and I was shaping in iniquity, but that ain't the end. He said, create in me a clean heart. Oh, God renew within me alright." David knew. He knew that the Lord was my shepherd. I shall never want. He leaded me beside the green pastures and leaded me beside the still waters. He restores my soul and leads me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But he goes on and says, Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this is not the end because when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you
2: are with me
1: David knew if I'm in the bottom of the valley uh, of the shadow of death he wasn't in a valley uh, of gossip he wasn't in a valley uh, of uh, he wasn't in in the valley of somebody posting the wrong picture on Instagram of him he was not in the valley of offense he was not in the valley of something unfair simply happening to him he said if I go through the valley of the shadow Of death. I will not. Be. Afraid. Will not be deceived. Because thou art with me. He said for thou art with me. Your rod. And your staff. They comfort me. He said you prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. That ain't the end. He said, because you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. I feel in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to stand to their feet this morning, and when you've been in the bottom of a valley, God's going to let you take just one more step. He might not let you run yet. You ain't ready to run. You just come through a valley, but he's going to let you take that one more step where you can get into his Shekinah glory, and he's just going to. He's just going to touch you on the top of your head. He's going to anoint you on your head, and your cup is going to overflow. David said, He anointed my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely, watch, watch, watch. He knew what the end was. He said, Surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord
2: forever.
1: I'm just going to pause. Just a second to just speak a prophetic word right now. I just feel a prophetic anointing here in this place. Pastor, this is not the end. How many people we got here? Over a thousand? This is not the end This is not the end This is not the end Let me tell you something The Bible lets us know that in the end times That we were going to see the harvest Seven times greater Than the former rain We were going to see it seven times Listen to me right here, don't get distracted He said we would see it seven Times greater And just before Jesus Ascended, he told his disciples You're going to have power After the Holy Ghost has come upon you And you're going to be witnesses all over the world And when the Holy Ghost fell Peter stood up and said This is that Which was spoken by the prophet Joel That in the last days saith God I will pour out of my spirit Upon all flesh Now listen you got a Baptist your tank behind here, don't you? Y'all got a Baptist your tank behind here. I'm just going to say something crazy that you may not believe. You might not even give me a head nod. But I'm gonna tell you the truth in the prophetic anointing of the Holy Ghost that when this thing happens and it's already happening, it's rumbling. But I'm talking about when it comes to fruition at General Conference, the whole theme, well, it wasn't the initial theme, but the spiritual theme of the conference was a spirit shift. That we were having a shift in the spiritual dimension of the Holy Ghost, that our services were shifting, that our that our crusades were shifting and our prayers were shifting. There's a shift. See, we're going from a little rumbling in the foundation of the prophetic. And now we're stepping into the fruition and the fruit of what's in the foundation. Some of you ain't getting this. That's okay. Just listen for a second. When we get to this, one baptistry tank is not going to be enough. That's just about what I thought I would get right there. Just a few hand claps. Yeah, yeah, okay, that, that preacher's good, but you know I don't really see that. Well, you need to open your eyes and read the Bible. Because Jesus says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Watch what's going to happen. We're not going to... We're not going to have enough time and enough room for just one baptistry tank to baptize the whole city of Palm Bay. We're going to have tens of thousands of people lining up out these doors. Let me tell you what you're going to see. We're going to have baptistry tanks lined up all around the sanctuary. We're going to have people baptizing people 24-7 when God gets ready. I'm not going to hype this up anymore. I'm just going to tell you what I know in the Holy Ghost. Is that we are... We are in the end I tell people everywhere I go that this is the greatest church in our apostolic movement because you know why you're the greatest church? Because you don't have a us vision and an us mentality and a four walls mentality. You send pastors and and ministries all in this church all over the world. You have vision for global revival. And listen, you are a vessel for the end time harvest because God, listen, God has found a church in Palm Bay That he can trust with his gospel. Oh God, that he can bring the end of this world through you. You already know the testimonies, but just a few weeks ago in Lelongwe and Blantyre, we saw over 3,010 people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we're seeing it all over the world. Last time I was here, I told about the Muslims who are receiving the Holy Ghost in Vienna. And as of today, 15 months later, there are now over 200 Muslim refugees who have been given the gift of the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name. There's an entire, I don't have time to go into this, I got one minute, there's an entire Trinitarian organization that is joining the apostolic movement, the United Pentecostal Church, because they came to us and they said our churches are dying and your churches are growing. What do you have that we don't have? I'll tell you what we have. We've got the revelation of the name of Jesus Would you stand to your feet all over this sanctuary? Somebody say it. This is the end. Now, watch. Just a few months ago, I was in Virginia. See, because I can can tell African stories and Singaporean stories and Filipino stories and even European stories. Everybody says, oh, yeah, that's overseas. God's bigger overseas. In Virginia had a line of people receive the Holy Ghost. Twenty-two of them stood there in a line to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Twenty-two of them got the Holy Ghost. But at first, only 21 of them got the Holy Ghost. And we prayed the prayer of faith. I had them, like we always do, shout hallelujah. And when we shouted hallelujah, there was one man who stepped back. And anyway, went, uh-uh, uh-uh, not for me. The pastor told me his story a little bit later after church. He said, did you see that man? I said, no, I didn't see him. He said, we had long curly sideburns and a yarmulke on his head. He said, he's an orthodox Jewish man who is a scholar in our city and in this world. He travels the world. Orthodox Jewish man who did not believe that Jesus is or was the Messiah. It was his third time in this church service. He came down to the altar and when we shouted hallelujah, he just went, "Uh uh-uh. The pastor went and pleaded with him and said, will you please just give it one chance, one try. He said, no, sir, not unless I hear it in Hebrew. Because Hebrew is God's language. He said, if I hear it in Hebrew, I'll give it a try. Mistake. (laughs) Because standing next to him was the choir director of the Trinitarian Baptist Church down the street. When she shouted hallelujah, for the first time in her life, uh, she received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And when she started speaking in tongues, that Jewish man said, oh, my God. Pastor Forbush said, what is it, sir? What is it? He said, she is speaking fluent Hebrew. My God, I'm about to go crazy. Pastor Forbes said, well, what is she saying? He said over and over, she's repeating the same phrase. He said, I know it well. She is saying, I am God and my name is Jesus. I don't know if you heard what I just said, but God was saying, I am God and my name is Jesus. He said, well, I guess I don't have a choice now. He took a step forward and just went, hallelujah. And when he said hallelujah, God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. We baptized him in the only saving name of Jesus. Just take 30 seconds and do what you feel to do. I know what time it is. I just want you to stay right where you're at. I just want you to close your eyes and lift up your hands. I feel in the Holy Ghost to do something right now by the authority of the word of god and by the power of the name of jesus christ i bind that spirit of fear i bind that spirit of doubt i bind that spirit of intimidation i bind that spirit of insecurity i bind that spirit of anxiety and i cast you out i bind the spirit of depression and in the name of jesus christ get out of this church now this is the church of the living God and the gates of hell
2: will not prevail
1: Listen to me very clearly, I want you to listen to me very clearly. Now this is going to take your your step of faith right now. Everything that I just preached and everything God just spoke will not matter at all if we don't respond and just go home. Jesus could have been standing in this pulpit himself and we would have seen no power if there is no response. I'm just flowing in the Holy Ghost. If you're here right now and you need spiritual deliverance, you're struggling with fear, anxiety, depression, doubt, insecurity, intimidation. If you're struggling with one of those things, I want you to step out right now and I want you to stand on this side of the platform right now. Go without hesitation, without fear. If you're struggling with addiction, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with drug addiction, alcohol addiction, if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, I want you all to scoot over to this side of the platform as fast as you can. Come on, the ice has been broken. It's time for you to move uh, right now in the Holy Ghost. I I want you all to scrunch up like sardines on this side of the platform right now. Come on. While they're moving... If you need physical healing in your body, uh, if you need physical healing in your body, I mean, you've got something notable, something that's been diagnosed, or something you can name right now. I want you to come stand on this side of the platform right now. Come on, as quickly as you can. This side of the platform right here. Leave this middle space open in Jesus' name. Come quickly, there's plenty of room here. Come on. I know we stink. Just act like you love each other, squeeze in. If you need to pour out over here just a little bit, that's fine, but just stay as squeezed up as you can. I want you all to squeeze over to this side as best as you can. Squeeze over to this side as best as you can, because we're saving this middle section for our VIPs today. Now while they're still coming, I want everybody to hear me. Everybody that's on this side, on this side, and everybody in the sanctuary, I want you to hear me very clearly right now. This is very important. If you're here today, and I don't care if you're over here or over here or out there. If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is God's Spirit. You've never received His Spirit. Now, some people say, well, I think I received it. I felt a touch. I felt goosebumps. I felt joy. I got hungry. I don't know. I'm not talking about feel His Spirit. I'm talking about possess His Spirit. You've got it on the inside of you. With... The evidence of speaking in tongues, that's the only way we know the initial sign that his invisible spirit is on the inside of you, is that when we speak in other tongues, Jesus says out of your belly will flow a river of living water. If you have never received his spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost, with, everybody hear me, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I want you to come fill this middle section. If you're over here... For deliverance or over here for healing. And you've never spoken in tongues. I want you to step out of that section. Step out of your pew and come stand right here. You've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come right now. We're waiting. Without hesitation. Without fear. Would you come right now. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. What's up, buddy? Come on. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Is there anybody else that needs the Holy Ghost? I want you to come stand right here. Now listen to me. Listen to me. I just want you all to line up shoulder to shoulder right here. And if you need to make a second row, make a second row. But I want you to line up shoulder to shoulder right here. Step up. Step up. Hang on just one second. Hold on just one second. I'm not quenching the Spirit. In fact, I'm giving position for the Spirit to move on everybody. The Bible says when they were in one mind in one place, they all got the Holy Ghost. Hold on just a second. If you need healing in your body, hear me, but you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not going to get healed today unless you get the Holy Ghost. So if you need the Holy Ghost and you need healing, I want you to come and stand in this intersection right now. In Jesus' name. Now, if you came to receive the Holy Ghost, would you just raise a hand so we can see who you are. Just raise one hand if you've never received the Holy Ghost. Just one hand. Praise God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. four, five, six, Anybody else? I know there's probably about 25 more people. She's coming right here. Come on, sister. Come on. Nine. Can we just make room for this couple right here in Jesus' name? Come on. I know we're Pentecostal, but we're friendly, too. Amen. Now, listen. This is what's about to happen. How many of you feel the Holy Ghost right now? Woo. Everybody in the sanctuary that is in your seat, you're going to help us. You're going to stretch your hands forward when I tell you to. And you're going to pray for all these from a distance. Our ministers are going to get ready and they're going to come lay hands on all those that need healing, deliverance or the Holy Ghost today. And guess what? It's going to happen like a flood, like a tidal wave. The Holy Ghost is going to hit those who need to receive His Spirit. They're going to speak in tongues and it's going to spread out like a flood of water. And this entire altar, this entire platform space right here, everybody is going to speak in tongues from my right to my left, from the front to the back. Every one of you are going to speak with other tongues as the Holy Ghost floods this sanctuary. In just a second, listen to me. We're going to pray together. The key word is together. We all pray, but when we pray together, Jesus said where two or three are gathered together in my name, he said, there I am in the midst of you. So, my brother, everybody, get ready. When I tell you to, don't do it yet, but just get ready because when I tell you to, everybody's going to lift up your hands just like this. Because you're surrendering to God and you're showing him faith that you're ready to receive. The second thing you're going to do is as your hands are lifted, are just going to lift up your head like this. Because I've seen too many people who were condemned and afraid and ashamed. Their head hanging low and they didn't get their miracle. They didn't get their answer of the Holy Ghost because they were condemned. There was inner iniquity, inner turmoil saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. But Jesus said, lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. When your head is lifted, it represents faith and expectation and boldness. Not in you, but in God. The third thing we're going to do, my friend, is we're going to close our eyes so that we're not distracted or intimidated by anybody around us. Now, I'm going to skip to the fifth thing, and most of y'all know what I'm about to say. But I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over this congregation. It's very simple prayer of faith. It's just simply, in the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, receive healing. Receive deliverance. And at the end of that prayer, this preacher is going to shout, hallelujah. Which means I give my entire being or life to Jehovah. And when we say, see, here's the thing. A lot of people, when they're praying for the Holy Ghost, people will say, God, give me the Holy Ghost. Give me the Holy Ghost. You don't have to ask somebody who's giving you a gift. What do you say to somebody when they're giving you a gift? Thank you that's what hallelujah is you're saying thank you for giving me the Holy Ghost so when you hear me shout hallelujah everybody in here is going to shout at the same time hallelujah and don't stop speaking keep pushing with your voice keep pushing with your faith keep pushing with your desperation and while you are pushing with your voice your tongue is going to start shaking and trembling as God fills you with his spirit but before we do all of that, we're going to do step four. and We're just going to take a few seconds and we're going to pray a simple prayer of repentance. Why do we do that? Because we've all sinned and come short of God's glory. So here's what we're going to do. If you're full of sin or even doubt or fear... Repentance is going to clean out that glass before God pours in that fresh water. He's going to clean you out before He fills you up. So I want everybody right now just to bow your head. And I just want you with your voice. Don't let me pray for you. With your voice. I just want you to open your mouth and just begin to pray. God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my iniquity and transgression. Forgive me of my decisions and my actions, my behaviors, my thoughts, my deeds, my words, everything I've done, Lord. Lord, I know I messed up. I know I've gone wrong. I know, God, I've been confused and frustrated. God, I know I've said some bad things, but God, I'm asking that you forgive me today. I turn to you, God. I give my life to you, God. I want everything that you have for me. I want the Holy Ghost. I want your love. I want your grace. I want your mercy. Come on, brother. Come on, pray with us. Pray with us. Come on, pray. Ask God to forgive you right now. God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins, God. Forgive me of my sins. That's it. Come on, pray. Come on, let that pour out of you. Let that break. Let that break in your heart. Now, somebody say, in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. You're about to be delivered of every spiritual fear and inhibition, every spiritual attack. You're about to be healed in your body. You're about to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, everybody in this room, lift up both of your hands. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Now, everybody, lift up your head high. Everybody close your eyes. Close your eyes. When you hear this preacher shout hallelujah, I want everybody in this room to shout hallelujah. And you're going to start speaking in tongues uh, instantaneously. By the authority of the word of God, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, I command everyone to be healed, I command everyone to be delivered, and I command everyone to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah!
2: Go! Close your Speaking speak in tongues.